0: everyone, this is Ping. Welcome back to Chai with Ping and welcome to episode 50. I made it and thank you so much for tuning in for the past year or if you're just jumping in this episode, feel free to go back to the other episodes and listen. Without you guys, I wouldn't have made it. In this episode, Louis and I, we talked about... Our life in the u.s after i moved here and it's been about three and a half years now and a little about our cross-cultural marriage our love stories or how we cope with cross-cultural experiences and also an exciting news for you all that i have already created this new series called chai times so i'll be sharing my stories or different issues that i care about Uh, I'm thinking maybe I'll do like once every five to ten episodes so I can have some personality or my kind of uh, interest uh, embedded in this uh, series. So if you like to hear what I have to say, tune in for Chai Time. Also, if you're interested in listening to Mandarin episodes, I also have a Mandarin channel. I would talk to guests with similar topics around immigrants and cross cultural experiences in Mandarin. And you can find the link in the episode note. It's called Xiang Liao Cha Shijian. So get ready and let's dive in. Welcome to Chai with Ping. This is Ping Robert. In this podcast, I cover underrepresented and personal stories. Join me with a cup of chai and take a listen.
1: Welcome to Chai with Ping and my name is not Ping. Today is a special episode. I'm Louis, Ping's husband. I was the first guest for the interview when Ping started the podcast and I'm back. There must be something special. Guess what? Today is Ping's 50th episode for the English series and then she has already crossed more than 100 if you count the Chinese ones too. So Let's hold back and listen to today's episode.
0: Alright, cool. So today is episode 50 and I have my husband here. So if you haven't already, please do subscribe and follow us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're interested in listening to Lewis' story, you can go back to episode... Too. I'll leave the link below in the episode box, and then you can go and listen to it. All right. So I prepared, uh, how many questions? About seven questions today, and they're all from our guests. Um, so Louis is gonna go over and ask me questions, and we're gonna have a little cheek chat. We have Try with us, Ching Ching, yeah. All right. Do you, <laughs> you want to take it away, Louis?
1: Alright, so I see some interesting questions from your great viewers. I'm um, sorry, listeners here. And it looks like I will be embarrassed a little bit here. Alright, let's get into it. <laughs> the first question is from Lucas, and it, he's asking What was the happiest, most difficult things? You faced after coming to the U.S.
0: Oh, yeah. So, Lucas is one of the Mandarin uh, guests. So, I will put the link in the episode notes. So, what was the happiest thing? Well, I think... And then difficult thing. I feel... They are from both sides. They're basically the same thing. I felt the most difficult time was when I was, you know, have to work so many different jobs for funding for my tuition. And the happiest thing, it was the time that I applied for a graduate assistant position on campus for the second time, actually, with the same person, same boss. Um, And I got it after several attempts um, and then from my fourth year of my doctoral studies, I started being a graduate assistant on campus. And then uh, I had the opportunity to work with international students. And that funding was secured because that provided a tuition waiver um, and also a monthly stipend. So from year four, I didn't have to worry about funding. And, and I think, Louis, you also saw that, right? Like I worked so many jobs and I was super worried about tuition and all.
1: I saw it all. Yeah, it was definitely one of the most difficult things he went through, getting several different jobs to keep up with your tuition fees. And I'm proud of you that you were able thank to manage all that. And thank you. Praise God for providing you exactly what you needed every quarter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for supporting me. I mean you were you're paying all the bills in the, in this family, so and then I only have to worry about my tuition. So it's Without you can do much <laughs> uh let's see um different jobs I think mental and physical stress was there too. I think everything comes together um the the time that I was here for the first year, I was super stressed mentally and physically because I have so many classes. I have to run back and forth from home and campus and you know just to get around and we were. I think we were super anxious when we first started driving as well. Did you remember that part? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just like a lot of fights and (laughs) it's difficult. I didn't used to drive that much in Taiwan. And you didn't used to drive in India. You're that kind of cool bike rider. So,
1: Mm. yeah, so that was difficult. All right, next one. Right. The next question is from Andy. Andy asks, "Some people who travel experience something called culture shock. What is that, and what is the best way to address that?"
0: Mm. Andy is one of our English guests, um, and then he talked about how he got through his education to become an educator.
1: And he's from England.
0: Oh no, no. Andy is from here, from the U.S. Okay. <laughs> he recently got his phd so congratulations andy uh culture shock you know you can chime in in this one as well i think both of us we we encounter some of the cultural differences i think for me what culture shock is uh when things are different from we expect for example, I was not expecting going to India and then I need to adjust the way of walking. Like the directions are different. And then people drive on the left. Is that how we say it? I don't know. Anyways, it's just opposite to Taiwan and the US. And, and I think it's also like the thinking, the way of doing things. And I probably need to accept that difference. Um, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think for me, um, culture shock is when you really find something too different from your own culture. Yeah. Something you were very used to and then it doesn't happen like that at all. Mm. Of course, when you move to a different culture, you'll see almost everything different, happening differently. Some things you'll won't shock you as much. You might be a little prepared. Uh, or even if you're not prepared the difference is not as much but when then there are certain things where the difference is so so drastic that Mm -hmm. you get a shock
0: definitely and
1: yeah i definitely had those different culture shocks back in taiwan and also here in the u.s
0: yeah can we give an example (laughs) i just thought of one um, in Taiwan, my mom always prepares fruits for breakfast. So after, you know, whatever milk or cereal or bread that we had, and then it's always fruits. But then I try the same thing for you, and you're like, no, no one eats fruits in for breakfast. So that was a huge difference for me. And I realized that that's also one of the things about Indians. It's like a lot of people won't go for fruits automatically. But then in Taiwan, when we have guests... A lot of people eat fruits after dinner. It's just this is just one item. Do you have an example?
1: I think with the fruit thing, yeah, it could be different, like probably the timing is different. Yeah. It could be the cultural like based on the country or it mm-hmm. could be just the family thing, but i yeah, we definitely did not grow up eating fruits in the breakfast. We would enjoy fruits usually during the day. And some special fruits you will have even at night after meal, like yeah. mangoes. Ooh. Which you don't really find here in the US. At least I haven't <laughs> find any good tasting real mangoes. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Culture shock.
0: I know. You you have been so disappointed so many times because we try to get mangoes from different places and then you're like this is not the same.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mm. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the things. It's not really that big a culture shock. But yeah, yeah I guess one thing that I could relate to is the the work environment mm-hmm. or the organizational behavior or culture. I see back in India, mm. the couple of companies I worked for, all the colleagues or the teammates, most of them, you form a friendship even within the organize within the company. Mm. At least there would be few people within your team that you will really connect very well with. And then uh, that carries on. You actually uh, meet even after work. You plan out things together. Mm, At mm. work, you're talking about life and family. It could be just me, but I didn't really experience those vibes here in the U.S., Mm. even working for more than two years in an organization. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, people are surely friendly, but what happens in office stays in office and you don't really have any deep or not deep, really real relationships with colleagues.
0: Yeah. I think that's also one of the hardest things for me to build up personal relationships and connections. Um, and I was just thinking about this question. It's just, sometimes it's not all about shocks, but it's just realizing the differences. For example, uh, I, I will always wonder if I do this thing, is it culturally appropriate or people get familiar with this way of doing things? I don't know if I will offend anyone speaking this thing. I remember, like, there were times, oh, yeah, yeah, there was a time that I said to Charles, "Is like, are you are you gonna eat more? But it's actually, it's just like, a, you know, a caring way or a funny way to say it. But then you feel it was more of offensive so it's a different way to say and 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 it could be just personality right like like i speak on top of my mind and i don't think for other people but you're more cautious and you're more friendly in that way (laughs) so so there's also like those kind of differences um and then i think my my conclusion for this one is that how do i address cultural shock or differences is there was a video I saw. It's like a short commercial. I'll put it in the episode. No. So um, it, it's just those two things. And then so for example, a girl comes in the home and a husband is trying to cook everything and then he was grabbing a cat. And so for that view, it looks like he's gonna kill the cat but actually it's not and then the whole commercial is talking about don't judge too quickly and I think I I learned from that as well it's just a lot of things are similarly different but I would I think I heard this from some wise men Lewis you told me to ask questions asking not a zoom right so then I feel like I can probably ask more questions to find out different perspectives and then we already talk about sometimes it's not a whole culture. It's personal culture or personality. And then it's case by case.
1: So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think a couple of things that I learned, uh, one of them is uh, you shared a book with me before I went to Taiwan. It yeah. was about uh, Taiwan. And I learned a little bit before even entering the country. And that definitely helped me to be prepared. Yeah. So if anybody is planning to go to a different country Mm. or where you know that the culture would be different Mm. it is it's a good practice to just get familiar just at least know what to expect and that will reduce the level of your shock a little bit yeah and the other thing that is really helpful is what i learned from uh the shanti consultancy in delhi yeah from our friends. Uh, yeah, from David and Cindy yeah, piece. Yeah. And what they shared is that the culture is basically, you know, there there's so many different layers in a culture mm-hmm. and one of them is learning the norms mm-hmm. of the culture that why do people do things a certain way. Mm. And when you learn why and then you ha- you are more expected you are ex- accepted more. Mm-hmm. And then apart from that, it's also that you don't judge other cultures with the rule of your own cultures.
0: Mm.
1: Because your culture is doing certain things because of your cultural background. But the other culture is doing certain those same things differently because of different, different reasons around that. So don't try to judge people. Uh, baseball game with the cricket rules. Ooh,
0: or, that's a good analogy. Yeah. yeah. Go Don't
1: try to judge an American football with the soccer rules, so totally that something could be helpful yeah. in this question.
0: Yeah, I think what you mentioned, was t- I totally agree. I, I feel like a lot of times that we judge a culture and we judge an incident. Like, why why do Taiwanese do this? Why do Americans do this? Why do Indians do this? But then it's somehow just differences. It's not right or wrong. And I, I feel like after coming out from my country for so many years now, um, it is... I think I still have to educate myself not to come to the judgment or the conclusion so fast and also just to recognize their differences. Um, You ready for the next one?
1: Third question is from Lynn. Lynn is asking maybe how to navigate applying for a PhD and what's it like juggling work and studying?
0: Mm. Lynn is one of our English um, guests, and then she talked about child uh, sexual abuse, and it was a wonderful episode, and she has a book, so I highly recommend people to listen to that one. Um... Navigate. Okay, so there are two questions, actually. So navigating applying for PhD, for me, I I feel like because I'm in between, I'm a dual citizen. So I'm a Taiwanese and an American. So there will be a little different than a real international student applying for doctoral or master programs here in the US. But I can tell you the rough idea. So usually international students will apply the year before and then that's that deadline is usually like November or December. And then they will take a few months to kind of go through the process, and then maybe interviews or review your materials, and then in the next um, March to May, so that's usually the notice uh, time. So they will tell you, sorry, we cannot accept you, or you know, we we accept someone else, or congratulations, we. We are very happy to have you in our program and all that. And then uh, through like April to summer, that's also the time for like visa processing. And then they'll send you a, uh, an I-20, which is a, a very required document that you go through with your visa to the U.S. And then that same year in fall, usually that's when people come to the U.S. and start studying. A majority of the students come in fall. Uh, still, some people can defer, or they can come early, depending where you are. And that's case by case, so you can always consult your program. For me, um, I missed the deadline of December, but also I go to my university's program, and then they said it's on a rolling basis. So that means they will recruit students uh, continuously. So then I applied in 2017, around Lunar new year. So then... I went back home for Lunar New Year, uh-huh. and then I took like about two weeks to kind of write up all the materials. And then later I took an exam for GRE and TOEFL for sure. Um, language, unless you're in an English-speaking country or you were educated in, in English, like Louis, you were educated in English. So you don't have to go through that TOEFL or IELTS, right? I think
1: we still need to.
0: You did? Did I mean, you, did you do did, it? I'm not studying here. So <laughs> but you were not required in Taiwan.
1: In Taiwan, yeah. I tried to get an exception. Okay. I I just convinced the <laughs> committee that, hey, I, I have been working yeah. in companies, totally operating in English, and... I don't think I need a TOEFL. Yeah. And somehow they got convinced, so I yeah. had to do it.
0: Okay, yeah. I didn't really ace my GRE. GRE is so difficult. There are two parts verbal and quantity, quantity, quantitative. Um, so basically, English and math. Um, for math for STEM subjects, if you're in a science or engineering or computer science or even medical, bio biochemistry, chemistry or biology, so those are STEM uh, subjects. Then your math probably will you know it's it's already kind of very high, and then they kind of expect you to ace it because the math is uh, comparing to Asian countries is uh, relatively easier. Um, I think a lot of Taiwanese, they they nailed the math. And then verbal is English. And then, which I think I'll hold my um, judgment there because I don't really think it helped my academic studies and all that. But it's just something that they have to go through. It's kind of a criteria to show if you're sincere enough. I mean, if I am the school or the program, I will do that. Um, So then I went through it. And then I went through the uh interview online i remember that time i was in Xinju, and that was one of the nights i think like 11 p.m taiwan time and it was like morning time in denver and they were like hey what time is it i'm like uh 11 12 ish and they were like oh my god we need to finish our interview and let you rest i'm like cool no problem take your time I do think a lot of professors or uh, recruiting faculty they like a story or they like a solid plan. So they, I, I study in educational leadership and policy studies, which is more focusing on K to twelve. Uh, school educational systems and they asked me like so all your uh, background is from higher ed why don't you just apply for higher ed and i'm like i'm more interested in the policy study side of that and i really want to understand the whole phase or the whole picture of education and i do think after working for one year in in elementary school in taiwan I feel like K-12 actually provides a more holistic picture for policymakers to consider. And if I'm going to make policies or recommendations, that kind of thing, uh, I should probably go through that, that phase of studying K-12 equity or social justice through education. And I remember the faculty was very happy with the answer. And later, when I was like two years in the program, and then she said, do you remember... Like, when I first interviewed you, I was so happy to listen to your answers because you have a whole plan. And I, I after the interview, I told everyone, is that I'm so gonna have ping in the program. And I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know because I just gave my answer and my thoughts. So I think if anyone is applying for a degree or for a program here in the U.S., um, it is it is very beneficial to have a story and have your own goal. The goal can change. I mean... I definitely didn't stick to my plan, and I changed to my topic in um, international students. But still, they want to hear if we have a, a plan. So, talk, talk yeah, through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we need to, thought, to think through. And what was the other one? Okay, juggling work and study. Oh, man. Please chip in. I mean... Uh, it is hard. I mean, we already talk about funding. I think securing a funding will be very important for a student. Unless you already have, you know, uh, if your family or your whatever company or government is supporting you, you don't have to worry about funding. That's fine. I came thinking because I'm a U.S. citizen so I can go and work. However, it was not very easy to find jobs here because all my experience are outside of the U.S., and we didn't have a car, right? For the first quarter or so, we didn't have a car, we didn't know where to to find jobs, and then it's either overqualified or underqualified, and I'm not sure if I have what they're looking for or I want to do what they're looking for. Um, so that was hard. So funding was one, and... I think family support is very important if if we come here as a couple you know you help out a lot of things like for the for the bills in in the family that you took care of it you are still taking care of it, mm-hmm. and then I just take care of my tuition. I think family support is super important um I think we also need to draw some boundaries to know that we cannot finish everything,
1: yeah, right I guess that's what Linus trying to get here how do you juggle between work and study when Mm. you have to do both like when you do already have the jobs Mm. and you're also studying how do you manage your time Mm. and the pressure and all that
0: i think it will be easier for my perspective because i have already worked outside of my study so I, I after my master's I've I started working for four years and then I came back to study so then I already kind of need to juggle family study oh not study but work and personal life so when I was a you know just student solo student full-time student I didn't need to worry about anything else I don't need to worry about uh, grocery shopping or cooking and all that, I was pretty pampered at home and all that. But after coming out from home, there's so many aspects I have to take care of. Um, So for me, it's just easier for me to juggle that I have to draw a line. All right, this is my study hours, but I still have a life to run, right? So then I work and then I have to do groceries. I have to shop or I have to cook or clean the house and all that. Um... Having a schedule helps for me to see how many hours I actually have to spend on something um and then expect those hours to be to be occupied. Um one thing I had to sacrifice is my social life, I guess. Um when working and studying for the previous 3 years, I don't think I socialize as much as I wanted. Um but that's just something I have to take care of myself too because if I socialize then I won't have my own me time and me time I realize is so important for me because I'm half extrovert half introvert Um, they have a word for that and prevert so I would rather choose to be alone or to rest on my own or reflect or watch my favorite videos instead of socializing and taking care of guests and all that not that I didn't, <laughs> but definitely, <laughs> definitely in, to a limit, right? Is there anything that you saw me doing or how you did when you were in Taiwan?
1: I think you touched the point that, uh, or what I saw helped you the most is your schedules. Mm-hmm. You're very good at distributing your time between different things, and when you already have it in front of you, then you manage it pretty well. I I don't remember you missing a lot of Things that were really needed to be done mm. because you already had given those things a time slot. Yeah, and I, I think your three years living in India and working, yeah. living alone, uh, also kind of trained you to, as you were mentioning, uh, juggling between work and groceries and your daily. Uh,
0: Routines. routines. Yeah.
1: I guess that probably helped you yeah. a little bit. But yes, of course, moving to the U.S., it added another element of working, living the life, mm-hmm. doing your errands, plus studying. Yeah. So it, I believe you did it pretty well. Yeah.
0: Thank you. All right.
1: Let's go to your next question. And the next question is from... Sean? Yay! Sean, Sean is Sean, asking. Sean. What was your biggest failure mm. and what did you learn from it?
0: Sean is the second guest on my English side. Um, and thank you, Sean. Actually, he provided a, a good story for Asian American, and it's also one of the most played episodes. Feel free to go back and listen to his stories. Um, What is my biggest failure and how did I learn from it? I'm combining this one with another question because uh, Ting Yi also asked about my married life. I have to be honest. I think throughout my upbringing, I think I'm very blessed not to have a lot of struggles or failures on my own. Of course, I cannot come, you know, control other people's lives. But for myself, I always see a lot of grace and blessings or even gifts um, from God. So then study-wise, I didn't really go through a lot of failure. But I feel like marriage is the hardest thing I've ever faced. It's also because, you know, we are each other's first love. I mm-hmm. never really used to live with anyone else or to have a second opinion on my life choices, especially after college, right? I kind of had an independent life. And my parents gave me a lot of space and independence. They they want me to have independence. So marriage, huh, it's really hard. Not to put you down here, but Louis, it's just it's just something that I recognize. There's no, you know, criticism. I, I just recognizing this truth and fact in my life. I feel like for the first time, it's, totally out of control i cannot control you i can't even control my own emotions because when when i reflect or i i have that kind of reaction to different things and we had to communicate i'm like no i want to shut down Mm -hmm. i i i am never really used to communication it's just like i think from my background it's just like we shut down we don't talk about it and i didn't have to talk about it because my parents don't don't kind of irritate me, <laughs> and and yeah, my my brother. We have our own life. We don't interfere with each other. But I never had that kind of team work experience. Um, and then it, it's so much on a personal level, so I think that was hard for me. Um, and that's also one of the times I realized that seriously I cannot depend on myself. I I God, if you leave me and Lewis together. You you gotta help me through. Um there are a lot of perks and tips for communication and humility is an ongoing process of learning. I I feel like it was very difficult to share what I was thinking because I kind of expect you should be knowing everything that I thought. Since you're, yeah. you know, my lover love and and my husband. <laughs> but then you had no idea, right? Yep. Most of the time, you didn't have an idea, a clue or an idea why I was upset. And I was so easy to be upset. <laughs> and, then, and I realized I was so impatient. I was so emotional. I am still so emotional. Um, and I close up um, when there are conflicts. And that's something, following Ting Yi's question, she asked about my married life, I think. And then for the longest time, I didn't know what are the differences between, you know, cross-cultural marriage or like a regular same cultural marriage because I have no comparison. So I don't, I don't know. And I'm such a studious student, right? So I always want to find the right answer, the accuracy of answers or, you know, if I can do this and then this will happen, almost like a scientist. But this is not life, not, it's you and I. Right, it's not a math problem. Yep. Yeah. So, should we talk about pros and cons, just a little bit about our cross cultural marriage? That uh, over the years we have mar- being married for four and four and a half years mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Mm, I think the pros is that we get to enjoy both cultures. So, like for example, this morning yeah. I made chai. Um and alu paranta, yes. yeah. And and I I like it. It's not like I I need to have Indian food, but I still like some spices in in life. And chai is definitely one of my favorites. Um, anything else?
1: Well, for the pros, as you said, that we enjoy both the cultures. Apart from food, you get to experience so many other different things. Mm-hmm. How people uh, enjoy certain things differently and also you get to interact with people with so many different uh, stories or Mm. different way of thinking or living life yeah so that that's one of the pros the exposure Mm. and it's always interesting you always keep learning something new yeah and then another pro is uh, there's a scope of uh, making mistakes you can just always get by that you didn't know you know it's
0: not in your <laughs> culture you do it differently
1: and the other person doesn't know it's actually if the other culture does anything <laughs> it's just you messing up so that's a pro for me yeah <laughs> and about cons I guess you know the same things could be cons as well that there's are differences about doing mm. certain things if you don't have patience then uh, you might be just feeling irritated why this thing does not happen this certain way but I guess over time you get through or you get over with those kind of conflicts yeah and you learn to how to enjoy the differences yeah yeah but yeah you miss your sometimes you miss your language like oh you, totally as we though we English is our second, second Bo- language both, of both of us yes. Yeah. So sometimes you want to, you know, speak in your first language to your partner certain things. And when you are not able to relate to the things that you uh, grew up watching on television Mm. or the jokes that you made with your friends, uh, you cannot always explain a joke (laughs) to your partner if you are from a cross-culture. And at at a moment, you just kind of give up that, never mind. Yeah. Let's listen to some English stuff. Anyways, yeah, that could be one of the corns for me, yeah.
0: And I remember there was a time that, I don't know what season that was, but you started listening to a lot of Hindi songs or, you know, watching a lot of Hindi videos. Is it how you cope with your homesickness?
1: I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Because I guess the only time I speak Hindi is now when when I talk to my family back home. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm speaking just English here, listening to English all the time yeah. to keep me sane. I have to go back and watch some, in, some Hindi yeah. on the television mm. or YouTube or Netflix or yeah. just listen to some music. I even listen to the worship music in uh, Hindi, wh- which I definitely love and enjoy. It's not yeah. just because of I'm away from home. Yeah, but yeah, I started listening Bible in Hindi, which. I never did back in.
0: I know. In India. Yeah. Uh,
1: so yeah, U version has a Bible Society of India version, yeah. which is audible in Hindi, and it's. Is it
0: dramatic? It the, is the one that you showed me. Yeah. The <laughs>
1: one that, it, it has a background music, very yeah, classical yeah, yeah. Indian music, and like then, the sitar. Yeah, yeah, and some other ones too. And plus, when I listen to the like pure Hindi going in my ears, oh, I feel so good. Uh, ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I feel you,
0: yeah, yeah, I think I did the same when I miss home, especially during like Lunar New Year and seeing everyone on Facebook or Instagram showing their uh, their and yeah yeah, like the the you know the uh New year's Eve dinner and and so then i will <laughs> I'll turn on YouTube and see some of the cooking shows, cooking videos. And then I never really miss Mandarin or Taiwanese or Mandarin songs. And I realized these years, I I would intentionally turn it on to listen to it, just to have a feel and then to say that this is my root. At least I can grab on something. It's like, all right, I can I can listen to Taiwanese songs, even though I don't speak that much Taiwanese, but I just like the tunes and, and the language itself. Um, and yeah, I started... Digging into my roots a bit more because my, uh, my popo my mom's mom, so maternal grandma, speaks Minnan, um, so that's uh, another dialect of Taiwanese, and then both of my paternal grandparents, ye and I, they speak Cantonese, um. So I, I intentionally watched some Cantonese episodes just to. Just to hear it, yeah. Um, and also, I hope that I can learn more of my heritage dialects and all that, um, and songs as well. It's so hard to catch up with the Taiwanese entertainment industry, like who who's coming out, what drama is going on, and what movies. And they talk about it. I feel like we don't have that many lo- um, friends from our own countries because you don't have a lot of Indian friends here. And for me, I don't have the biggest group of Taiwanese friends, so but I st- we still go to a Chinese church, so that that's a benefit for me. Um, and oh yeah, so before we got married, I looked up on the internet, and there was a website I don't remember which one, but like it talks about cross cultural marriage. It says one of the cons is at least one person. There's always at least one person will miss home. Right now, you and I were in the U.S., the third country, the third culture. Um, but when I was in India, I was missing Taiwan. When you were in Taiwan, you were missing India. And so I think that's just one of the things that we have, have to be patient about. And and I try to accommodate a little bit. Like when you're missing home during Christmas, then you know, we try to make gujia and the Christmas cake. Where yeah, yeah,
1: that definitely helps.
0: Yeah, and then I remember that you, you bought <laughs> a, a whole steamed fish from a Chinese restaurant for Lunar New Year and or even just like the Chinese food um, on that day and we got to enjoy that. So I really appreciate that, what you did. Um, it's just something that we can do for each other. Yes. Yes! Uh,
1: Carol is asking to share your love story.
0: Yeah, Carol is our pastor's wife. Uh, All right. um,
1: Tell me about your love story. Well,
0: we're going to do some relay style, right? Because we're both in that love story. All right, I'll start. Really? Go for it. Okay. I remember that we first met at DICF. It's an international church in Delhi um uh, and it was in 2013 my first semester in India i didn't know i was gonna um extend my contract i thought i was just gonna be there for one semester but like after the first month i i decided i'm gonna extend it for a whole year because it's just like so much challenge right and and i really want to conquer all those challenges it it was definitely not easy for me but being in india it feels like there is something I can I can complete a mission being there. Um so we met at church and then we started chatting, right? Mm-hmm. You found me on Facebook and then we started chatting on Messenger.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Yeah. And then that month we I was back in Taiwan.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then that at that time we didn't have like super Uber smartphones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was a little difficult to to just to respond and also your work as well you cannot really check your phone at work yes and there was like two and a half hours time difference um actually i met you for the first time i i i had an impression on you and then i went back to my dorm i actually did a prayer i mean i also put it in our wedding video saying that the first time i saw you and I went back home. I prayed that God, you, 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 know, you. This guy looks really nice. If there's any chance that for us to develop a friendship, cool, I'm open for it. But I also pray for him will will meet the right person and also you know just guide him f- uh, for his lifetime. I didn't know if you were Indian or not the first time I saw you. Right? And yeah. What was your first impression for the me. First time
1: I saw you I didn't know you from Taiwan. <laughs> I thought you were from northeast of India. Because <laughs> tra- you were wearing Indian cootie and yeah. jeans. Yeah. That's very common. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I thought you were handsome.
1: Oh <laughs> and I, super tall. I thought you were beautiful.
0: Thank you.
1: The first time I saw you at church, uh you definitely uh called for my attention. Or the second look, or then the third look. But anyways, I was, <laughs> I was up in the church. I didn't want to, yeah, make you feel like I'm, you know, somebody is hitting on me the first day in yeah. my church. So I definitely did not approach you. Ooh,
0: you held back. Yes. Yeah. How did you start looking on Facebook for me?
1: Oh, I, that happened like after we started. We talked a little bit. Yeah. Huh. And then
0: we realized uh, we could not meet each other for a whole month. That yeah, that whole next month. You were traveling. Yeah, and you traveling, were traveling. Yeah.
1: And yeah, but then.
0: Well, I I, I didn't I didn't ask for your number because <laughs> I was like I'm all holding back too. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so I still wanted to connect with you, and especially we had already. Uh, talked a little bit about our plans. You're going back to Taiwan. I'm going back to Dharadun. Mm. So I thought, let me uh, try to search her on Facebook. And so I searched with your name. I actually didn't know your last name. So I asked Christian because he already uh, had some, your contact information. Mm. So he gave me your last name and I started searching you on the Facebook. There were so many... uh Ping huang. Ping huang. <laughs> That's what I thought the Huang is pronounced at Wang. that time. Huang. Sorry, Baba Mama. <laughs> but, yeah, so I searched for Ping Huang, and there were so many, and there were guys and girls. I was like, okay, definitely not a guy. But then somehow I just realized, I just found you. Even though your picture was not that clear, I just sent you a friend request. Yeah. And then uh, it was you. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's right. I never... Put a you know a, a headshot or like a really clear face shot on my on my profile picture because I I feel like you know in in the hindsight I just feel like if anyone wants to find me they will find me mm-hmm. they need to just put some effort mm-hmm. but I don't want random people just look at my face and at me without any effort. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're the one. And then wait, we actually started talking after you added me. I was seriously dancing in Xinzhu in a, in a hotel room because I was in a conference. And I was like, oh my God, Louis added me. And then I told my friend, I told my colleagues back in India. I was like, Louis added me. Oh my God, what should I do? What should I do? And then we started talking.
1: I remember <laughs> two years later. So I was seeing the memory. The yeah. first time we communicated on Facebook, your question was, how did you find me on Facebook? That's right. And I was like, well, it was difficult, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and after two years, it came on my memories on Facebook. Yeah. And... And then I replied to it, hey, two years ago you were asking, how did you find me on Facebook? Now today I'm on your profile picture.
0: Yes, I know. And I saw your profile pictures. So I kind of got a little bit confused because there were some modeling pictures. And I was not sure it was modeling pictures. I thought you used to be a model, that kind of thing. And then the I think for the longest time that you had that almost like a pirate look picture. Oh, we should put it in the episode, no. Um, So I thought, like, were you in some kind of acting groups or something like that? And then we talked. Um, I have to say I'm very intentional with the whole thing because I realized that you never had a girlfriend and I never had a boyfriend either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like we didn't try. We tried so much. We tried mm-hmm. so hard, right? Mm-hmm. There was some heartbroken times <laughs> and it's not even comparable to real heartbroken, but... I feel like I am very cautious in finding the right one, and then to invest my emotions and my heart in in a in a guy. Mm-hmm. So I had so many questions, you know, deeper question. I but I just wanna you know put it in a light tone. So I say, hey, Lewis, I want to play a game. It's a question and answer game. So I will ask you a question, and then you can answer, it and then you can ask me a question. And what did you do? What was your first impression with that?
1: Nothing. When he started asking <laughs> me questions. I felt cool. We're getting to know each other more. Yeah, yeah. And then when you started asking more questions, well, you are so good with questions. I'll yeah. just repeat your question back to you. <laughs> and what about you? <laughs> What's <laughs> your favorite? Color?
0: There are some questions I found online or in, I read on books and all that. But like, I think there's something that we can note to the listeners because I think a lot of people are still looking for their right one. Right. Yeah. But we, I was 27 when I met you. Yeah. 27 is not really a good, like a common time for us to, for Taiwanese to meet the first love. Yeah. It is a, already so much delayed. And at that time, after my, uh, masters, Ye started, my personal grandpa started asking me, Hey Ping, 有没有男朋友啊? Do you have a boyfriend? I'm like, Oh my God. Even my grandparents are asking me, like they never asked me before I graduated. Um, so i'm like okay so this is the actual timeline that people are asking about if i'm dating someone um of course i was like in a did did you feel like like there's an urge or like there's a rush like we should probably be seeing someone or in a relationship or who will be the right one nope
1: I oh handsome you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I felt any rush after like meeting you that we are rushing into a relationship. But yeah, before, before meeting you, I of course I wanted to be with different girls or uh, in a relationship but totally. never worked out. Either they didn't like me or I didn't like the ones who liked me. So yeah. uh I was definitely praying to God that yeah. God, where are you sending my <laughs> life for <partner?" laughs> I was definitely anxious, I for was, sure. I, I remember it was my twenty sixth birthday. Yeah. I was at work having lunch with come of my colleagues, Ohil and Jacob, mm. and we were just sitting, and so I guess uh, there was an open view of sky, and I was like looking up and saying, "Dad, <laughs> 26th, <laughs> When and, and that that year we started like um, that that year after you know probably that bare prayer, yeah, <laughs> or you know later on we started getting to know each other in that December so three, four months later mm. and we got to know each other and yeah, those questions actually helped us to know each other yeah. but yeah, after a certain point when you asked, started asking deeper questions, I knew, okay, well, it's not just me, you know, liking her. I think she has some interest. That's why she's asking these questions. So then <laughs> Smart. I, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then we, so we went to Taiwan for the first, uh, you went to Taiwan for the first time in, at the end of that year, 2014. So that's about almost a year um, since we started dating, right? And then, yeah. And then you started applying for a master program in Taiwan? Yeah. Is it because Baba's push?
1: <laughs> I don't think that was a push but uh, I guess the timeline was perfect. Two thousand fourteen December was just like a ten day trip to Taiwan yeah. because yeah. I wanted to experience your culture and you know, see where you're coming from. Yeah. It was a great trip. We even fought
0: oh so wait that yeah, makes totally. it
1: real you know oh you, yeah the fight, the marriage the relationship is not real unless you have a fight that's right that's right <laughs> anyways totally. yeah so yeah your dad asked me if i want to study further and by then i, I had already <laughs> given up the you know the idea of doing masters because okay. i was already working for seven years yeah and, uh, i tried doing masters uh like long distance earlier Mm. and after one semester I gave up even though I had paid all the fees Mm. and all but I just did not study Mm. but I felt like maybe that's the timing maybe that's why I didn't do masters because now if I do masters I can live in Taiwan so I decided I prayed about it and I thought maybe this is why I was I didn't do masters as all of my friends did their masters right after bachelor's but I started working I thought if I want to do masters, this is the best time, and also I'll get two years to live in uh, Taiwan. So mm. I just decided to leave the job, mm-hmm. take the whole two years of sabbatical mm. from work, and uh, I mean just get back to work after I've done my masters. Mm. So I think that was a good call, even though my masters is not helping me <laughs> to get any job here in the US.
0: Well, for but, now,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Definitely great time there.
0: Thank you so much for stepping out. And, you know, that was a huge leap of faith to uh, to leave your comfort zone and, and go into a definitely not so comfortable country for you. And there were so many different stories I we can tell next time. Um, yeah, so we got married. Actually, I think we started talking about it for the first semester when you were in Taiwan and I was in India. Yeah. And yeah we started talking i i started to feel frustrated because i don't know where the relationship was going and um if we're gonna get married when are we gonna do it so you cannot you came out with a suggestion is we should get married in between of your first year um and then yeah because it's like after if you graduate and then we have a lot more changes then it's like definitely not a great time to to have a wedding, or reception, everything in between. So we got married in 2016, January, when you were having your winter. Oh, both of us, we were having our winter vacation. Um, and yeah, we had our wedding in Delhi, one reception in Theradon, back in our hometown. And um, the same year after I moved back to Taiwan in, in that July... Um, in de- So that December in 2016, we had our reception in Kaohsiung, my hometown. And yeah, we started living together since that summer in 16. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cool. Anything to add?
1: Yeah, I think like for our better life, we both lived in each other's country. Mm. So that gave us the background of our culture's so I know when you miss certain things, what are the things you miss? Why? What are the things that are more important to you? Yeah. What festivals or how important it is for you? So living in two years in Taiwan gave me all that uh, information, I would say. And probably same to you. Then you see the intensity of different cultures. So you know how your partner can miss what things. And I guess that helps us that during your Lunar New Year or Moon Festival or what to bring or you know be a little culture appropriate and same with you mm. so that definitely helped us I think yeah marriage is definitely uh, not the easiest uh, living with another person as and giving them authority over certain things uh, off you or having consensus in different things it is challenging but I'm, I'm I'm glad that we communicate to each other uh, more and better than before and praise God Mm. for providing us all the support and help that helped us to overcome our challenges, including, um, um, you know, therapy, a therapy that uh, actually helped us to understand each other that uh, we know we are fighting, but we don't really know why the other person is actually upset about and what as triggering it what is causing it or how can we just respond smartly and not turn a conflict into a fight how to have better communication itself so yeah i think all that helps we're still learning Mm -hmm. i don't think marriage will always and ever be like completely smooth i don't know maybe some people have it we will continue to learn yeah i i do feel that we are definitely way better than uh The The first first
0: couple of years. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think therapy really helped me. Uh, I don't know about you, but definitely the therapist, when they're professional and they have experience in couple therapy, they ask great questions and then we practice so many times. Mm -hmm. I think, like, because we got married when we were 29, so then we Mm -hmm. already learned all the habits for 29 years, but after we got married, we have to change. And there's, it's just very difficult to change each other. But then the therapist helped me to change myself in thinking, in the habit of, you know, not shutting down and um, to talk about real feelings. I think there's a lot of fears or bias that I had that I never realized. For example, I, I never thought that I should be asking you for a day off. I think that was a huge breakthrough. Yeah. There, Like, I never knew I could, like... If it's Lunar New Year's Eve, and I'm having a party, I, I never knew I can kind of expect my husband to be there for that party, even if I wanted you to, because I feel like I put your work in front of our marriage. Yeah. But that really, that conversation really helped us to, to see, okay, what are the priorities? What is my priority if, if I want to put your job in front of our marriage? Then. And what's what's the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. And then I really appreciate that time that you kind of took a day off. And then also it gave me a lot of thinking. Like sometimes I reject people's love so much that I don't even need, know. And I just thought that the whole world hates me. <laughs> so like I think appropriately asking for people's favor for their accommodation or accepting... One another's love helps me so much, and that's just one of one of the examples that I remember in our couples therapy. So yeah, if if any couples having, well, even great married marriages can have counseling as well. You know, there are so many different questions to to discuss, and it's just really fun to do it together. Of course, for us, there were crying, there were like different issues that we have to deal with, but. Um, I really appreciate the time that we spend together in therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, the last question, is it? Oh, no. Last two.
1: Yeah. The next one is from Tim. First time, share something about your first time of everything. Mm.
0: I think we can talk about those together. Everything. (laughs) I know everything. Let's let's do something. Yeah. Tim (laughs) is one of my Mandarin guests and he he talked about he traveling around the world. Um I feel driving was one of the things that popped into my mind. Mm -hmm. Driving here. I I think a lot of people might agree with me without a car. Is almost like without legs for us. Can't really go mm-hmm. anywhere. I mean, we try. We both try buses in and public transportation, but it's just gonna take like maybe double or triple the time. And I remember, <laughs> I remember there was a time. Okay, I remember the first time that I drove onto a highway. I was literally sweating from my back. I thought it was just fiction, or you know, a description from a book or movies, but. I seriously had sweat on my back and my mom was at a backseat you were next to me and I was following my brother to a furniture shop and we just had to drive on the highway and my brother didn't know that I couldn't drive on the highway so I just had to hold my breath and, and drive and I think the whole way you guys were very silent because mm-hmm. you know I am so scared mm-hmm. my mom is like focus, focus, focus I'm gonna I'm, I'm not I'm gonna shut up so that was really hard. And the other one is that we're looking for an Indian store. I don't know if you remember. And uh-huh. then the Google map kind of guided me to to the highway as well, Express Highway, and the 470, I think. Yeah, and then I didn't know, so when and and I was panicking, and there was a big truck coming by, coming from my left, and I was gonna you know merge into the lanes. I kind of just stopped, and then that truck kind of honked me so hard. I was like, oh my god! I think I literally screamed in a car. And so yeah, I think driving is nerve wracking. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you have any difficult or first time or or something you know happy memories?
1: I think my first time being unemployed was the biggest yeah. for me because ever since I even graduated from high school, 12th standard, I started working from my first year of bachelor's mm. as a, like, a part-time job. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I had like enough income that I don't have to add, take any pocket money from my family. Mm-hmm. I could even pay my college fee by myself. Mm-hmm. And... I don't have to even give a count of my income to my fa- my parents or my family. They're pretty cool about it. And I didn't want to share uh, much. I don't know. Somehow I learned uh, from somewhere that don't ask the jo- salary from a guy and age from a girl. So I, I never shared how much I make from it mm-hmm. to anyone. But anyways, the point is that uh, since the... After 12th grade, I was able to work and use my own money. Didn't mm-hmm. have to think a lot about uh, spending. I didn't, like, spend wild. I oh, I did some saving, used it for some good stuff, took some trips within the country or even used that money when um, I was going to Taiwan. But I quit my job before going to Taiwan. Mm. And... In Taiwan, it was still okay because I'm a student. Mm. I got a part-time job on my second year, which was great. But then when I moved to the U.S., I don't have a work permit. I don't I don't have a green card, so I cannot work legally, and I don't want to work illegally. Mm. Even though uh, I heard from some people, hey, you can do this small things it's and you can get paid yeah. by gift cards or you know some things, but nope. that wasn't really the thing i could do so i decided to just wait till i actually get a a work permit Mm. and social security to start working but that was the craziest moment for me as a first thing thing in my life being unemployed without getting any income Mm. uh, for the whole year
0: and that was not your choice because you're legally not
1: allowed yeah, yeah, and I didn't know that it could take that long. I was expecting a couple of months because we had already applied before coming here. Mm-hmm. So I thought by that time I can just look at the job market, prepare for different things, prepare for my green card application and everything. But it definitely took longer than I expected, and that uh, yeah was the diff- most difficult things I experienced for the first time. But yeah, I, I thank you for being so supportive uh, as wife, as a partner, mm-hmm. that. Uh, it was so hard on you to earn all the income at that time, and I was not even that helpful with the house chores at that time, cause I didn't really do a lot house chores growing up. Mm. So, but yeah, I learned it now. But <laughs> yeah. Anyways, thank you for being so supportive, never letting me feel that uh, I am not uh, making money and all that.
0: Mm. Thank you for understanding i i just yeah i also hope that i didn't put that much pressure on you but being poor it was probably our first time as well i mean we we met at our prime time in delhi right you're having a great job i was having a great job and i've like we we just hang out with friends and it's it was such a happy memory when we met um but being here i felt like we almost came down and even in taiwan we never have to worry about finances and all that because it was like the security net is there. I have savings and you have savings. And later you got like a a part-time job on campus or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But being poor, I had to think multiple times before buying something and it was just not a great feeling. Or even there were parties we were invited to and I, I, I rejected some of the parties because they're meeting outside outside of a campus or outside of uh, someone's home so I don't think I could afford that meal so I just kind of declined or only got some drinks and all that um I don't know if you remember there was a story like I bought I after we got the bikes and then I started looking for those uh, bike lights because it's required to have those ones here in Denver And I got brand new ones because I couldn't find the used ones for my bikes. And then I think after a week, so I ride my bike to campus and work. And I came out from that after school program. I was super tired. It was dark. It was winter. I was tired and hungry. And then I realized my lights was stolen.
1: I remember that. You were so sad.
0: I literally cried. Mm-hmm. and rode my bike home. It wasn't much about my lights. I felt I felt the whole the whole world wronged me because I finally get a chance to buy something brand new because we got so many used things, which yeah. I have no objection to, right? But like this is really something that I, I couldn't find and I had to buy it brand new mm-hmm. and then it was delivered. Mm-hmm. it it was stolen after a hard day of work yeah and it's just the whole emotion collapse and a mixture of everything home like yeah homesickness uh, sorry for myself pity on ourselves why are we not having enough money that, that for now it's only like a $10 light I wouldn't think twice to just to buy another set but at that time, even $10 was like, we have to think about it.
1: Yeah, I guess that was our, that was a phase we were supposed to go through, like transition phase, coming to a different country, starting from the scratch. Mm-hmm. And not that, you know, you had no resources as yeah. help. Probably your family could have funded or things, but yeah. you didn't want it to take as much support as long as, uh, we are able to manage it ourselves. And I'm glad that, you know, we decided that because, it, first of all, we were like, okay, we know when we say poor, uh, it was like we had to think multiple times before spending. But it's not like we are uh, starving or anything. Yeah. By God's grace, we always had enough yes. uh, support, even from your family in the beginning days, that we could—or uh, our savings that we brought in from uh, our previous jobs yeah. that kept us— uh, yeah, and I guess that was all by God's grace that we were able to survive pretty well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, like, starving at all. But, yeah, it, it was definitely that when we were both uh, on our prime, as you said, in India or Taiwan, we didn't have to think about think twice about can, going to a restaurant yeah. or anything. But we had to once we were in this transition phase two years, three years back. But I feel that, you know, all these first times definitely help us, us mature. Definitely. I believe that all this hardship, you know, help us train perseverance. Yeah. And you know that ways we are trained like in you don't ever know what happens in the future, right? Yeah. But we, we have gone through some times, tough times together.
0: Mm.
1: it's compared to what our families or parents did at their time and age is nothing. Yeah. But it is something for us that you know we can look back and be grounded, be humble, mm. and also be uh, aware that what challenges other people could go through during their first few years yeah. in different countries.
0: I feel like we we have grown to be more understanding on the financial side and also we grew some skills in finding bargains and live on a budget or finding a great treasures from different places. And God definitely provided and he is continuing to, to provide what we need. Seriously, I just got a kettlebell yesterday on the alley. <laughs> on the alley, in the alley, for free. And it's it can be a great place to be, you know? We can get so many things which are cheaper, which I don't really think we can get it in Taiwan or India with that price.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm. I guess another first thing or first time for me was the woodworking. Mm. During my unemployment times, yeah. I was just uh, helping David to clean up the front yard by chopping the broken wood, broken branch of the tree yeah. into smaller pieces. Yeah. And while just chopping that uh, into smaller pieces, I thought, well, I think I can make use of these and do something with it. And I just built a couple of things during that unemployment with borrowed tools, Yeah, made that toothbrush holder for our our anniversary as a gift for you. Mm. And I guess that was the first time I ever knew I could do any kind of woodworking and now it's three years later I I have done so many different projects and well, learning more and yeah, that was the first time. So, you know during your unemployment you can learn some new skills.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think I'm gonna like go into the next question because we did talk about like you know loneliness or lack of community but it's just I think it changes along the time and um, I think a lot of immigrants or international students feel loneliness as well and you know we can probably talk about that more in in the future episodes
1: Let's get yeah. into the last question. The last question is from Andrew. Andrew is asking about your origin of the podcast.
0: Mm, why I started a podcast. So for the listeners, if you're here for the first time, you you probably don't know. But um, there are two channels that I run. One is on the Mandarin side. So there will be Mandarin episodes and fully on in Mandarin. And Chai with Ping is fully in English. I wanted to create understanding between different groups. Uh, whether it's like racial groups, religious groups, or uh, socioeconomic ones, or even like marginalized groups. I, I feel like a lot of people who traveled around countries and they start living in that culture or the countries, immigrants' voices are not usually heard in a society. And I feel there's something that I can do about it to create that space to share their experience and stories um, why I chose to do longer episodes is also because it takes more than twenty or thirty minutes to have a deeper conversation about journeys about experience about s- happiness or sorrows and all that so so that's that's why I started with with this channel um and another thing is like I always loved radio, so I think podcast is a great medium for me to start um recording stories or life journeys um, in this way that's also why I didn't choose to do like a blog or YouTube channels because it's just not really my style of doing that like and also I feel podcast is a very um, it is not a low level but it's definitely easier for beginners to start because we all we need is a microphone and a laptop and that's that's how we how we can start with a show or with a channel um and also i think there are some minoritized issues we can talk about for example mental health um marital experiences or some other ones for example lynn's episode was on child sexual abuse i'm thinking about doing more like for example asian adoptees or ngos npo stories there are many um uncovered stories can be told and yeah i just really want to see there will be some understanding and respect for each other like i feel like we can listen to understand and this is the
1: space for that
0: um yeah it's been almost a year in episode
1: 50 wow 50 (laughs) years in english and then 50 more for Chinese and plus more coming on their way. Yes. I know you keep asking me, is it worth continuing the podcast?
0: I know. Is
1: anybody listening? Well, I know there are people who are listening, and I believe you should keep on going. Mm. And I know you didn't plan this out, but I just want to encourage you, keep on going, keep doing it. I'm sure you'll have more listeners. And. Uh, there are so many different great stories, mm. so I, I welcome you, all you listeners. That uh, if you have not listened to the, these great stories, there's such a variety of stories from mm. different people, from diverse different cultures. You can mm. find on Chai with Ping, yeah. and they're already recorded. And there are so many other that would be coming. So if you don't, if you listen to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Mm -hmm. any other source, yeah. Go search for Chai with Ping, yeah. And also, if you want, you can also follow Ping Chai with Ping on Facebook and Instagram, yes. And if if you really want some more channels to come, go ahead and comment on Ping's channel, yes. Uh, Ask her, encourage her to produce more.
0: Thank you, definitely. That will that will mean a lot if listeners kind of reach out, um, and shoot me a message or an email that would definitely help me to to know what the listeners are thinking or what you actually get inspired w- or there could be improvements that you could be commenting me with i appreciate any kind of feedback um yeah so thank you so much this is the end of episode 50 and there will be more to come thank you so much
1: for coming to my show lewis my pleasure. I might show up again. Yes. you keep producing.
0: Yes, I will. All right. Thanks for listening to Try with Ping. If you think someone will benefit from this episode, don't forget to share with them. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you like my show, you can buy me a chai with small gifts. Details are in episode notes. Till next time. Ready? (laughs) Okay, welcome back to Try With Ping, my name is Ping, and today is our 50th episode. Before we get into the content, I would just want to encourage you to leave a review or stars on Apple Podcasts, and also subscribe and follow us, it's for free, so when you subscribe or follow us then you will get a notification for new episodes then you won't miss anything on this channel um today is the episode 50 woohoo (laughs) yeah all right next to me is my husband lewis yay
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was just practice i'm gonna do the intro now
0: what oh you're gonna do the intro
1: yeah i told you to just show me how you do it then i'll do it
0: oh so we're not, I'm not supposed to say it. Okay, wait, wait, what, what?
1: Welcome to Child with Pig! <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's try again. Welcome to Child with Pig! I'm
0: Lisa again. Welcome.
1: The what? One more time.